Donald Trump cancels a secret meeting with the Taliban ahead of the 9-1-1 anniversary. Oops. A Swedish scientist has a great, not-so-insane way to end climate, the climate crisis. Piers Brosnan, a former James Bond, says it might be time for a female James Bond. And the gun control debate is still going hot and heavy. Let's talk about red flag laws and the idiotic terms like weapons of war and assault weapons. Baseball season's coming to an end. Football season is starting. I love this time of year, and that's exactly why you didn't hear from me yesterday. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Okay, so I know a bunch of you are probably wondering where my post was yesterday, but it was Monday Night Football. And I had to watch Monday Night Football. What a game that first one's. Uh, the Saints and the Texans. Oh my lord, what a fantastic game. And then I was going to record one after. And then I realized, no, I don't want to record one after because the Raiders are playing the Broncos, which that game wasn't so good. And by then I was done for the night. Well, the good news is that I actually have uh, recorded or written up uh, scripts for two podcasts. So I'm probably going to give one today. Definitely give one tomorrow. And then we'll go on Friday on the regular schedule. But the news cycle was just insane. So I started actually writing some things up. So, uh, Well, our first story, uh, as you may have heard, is Trump and the Taliban. This was interesting to say the least. Um, Donald Trump may have actually stepped in it last week. Uh, he was planning to hold a summit at Camp David. He wanted to make peace with the Taliban from Afghanistan. That's right. Really weird. The same Taliban that ran a fascist regime in Afghanistan participated in the planning of 911 of the 911 terror attacks and hid the mastermind of the terror attack of the 9/11 attacks Osama bin Laden for some years. Okay? Um well, let's well, the meeting was meant to be a secret, probably because it was not going to be a very popular meeting, and it definitely wasn't. Unlike North Korea, China, and Russia, the Taliban has been directly involved in terrorism and war that has killed Americans uh, and are also extremely guilty of massive human right, massive human rights violations. Basically, the Taliban is everything the left has been calling the conservatives. That's what they are. It was announced yesterday that the talks were canceled because of the bombing in Afghanistan that the Taliban took credit for last Thursday. Uh, that bombing killed an American soldier. Um, here's some comments that Trump made about the cancellation of the meetings. They're dead. They're dead. As far as I'm concerned, they're dead. They thought that they had to kill people in order to put themselves in a little better negotiating position. When they did that, they killed 12 people. One happened to be a great American soldier, a wonderful young man from Puerto Rico, families from Puerto Rico. And you can't do that. You can't do that with me. So they're dead as far as I'm concerned. And we've hit the Taliban harder in the last four days than they've been hitting over 10 years. So that's the way it is. Out of that meeting with the Taliban? Said what? Your administration, your advisors talk you out of that meeting with the Taliban. 
No, actually, in terms of advisors, I took my own advice. I like the idea of meeting. I've met with a lot of bad people and a lot of good people during the course of the last almost three years. And I think meeting is a great thing. I think that meeting with, you know, you're talking about war. There are meetings with war. Otherwise, wars would never end. You'd have them go on forever. Now, I did create, I did grab a little more of an extended um, uh, 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 audio clip from that because I think this first half basically is Donald Trump saying, what was I thinking? And the second half is, well, here's what I was thinking. So it, 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 it does have some value. And I know it's a little longer of a clip, a minute long or so. But let's let's first talk about the actual reaction. Um, I, I guess, in a way, Trump did kind of bring us together in this whole, in a sense, because absolutely nobody, both from the left and from the right, really agreed that you should be having a meeting with the Taliban. I, I, when I found out, I almost peed myself. I can't lie about this. It was just like, what? Why would you do something like that? Uh, well, the media did too. If you go to my website, you can read uh, two posts, one from USA Today, which is traditionally a left-wing publication, and one from the New York Post, which is a traditionally right-wing uh, uh, publication, and they both basically said the same thing. They both basically said, why would you negotiate with these people who don't hate us because we're Americans, they hate our way of life, they hate our value system. They hate everything about us, and they've hated it for probably a thousand years. These, this is not a group that is going to negotiate. And I think that's where I come into play. And again, go to Dumbass Talking Politics. Uh, the links are there in the show notes. The stories between the left and right-wing publications, the stories between Fox News and CNN and MSNBC all kind of relate because this should be a nonpartisan issue. The Taliban is an enemy. They are the enemy. They always have been the enemy. They probably always will be the enemy. They are extremists. There's no negotiating with this people. these people. If they negotiate, it's only to buy themselves some time so they can plan their next attack. This year, 16 soldiers, United States soldiers, were killed in Afghanistan by Taliban operatives. They are our true enemy. They are still ruling parts of Afghanistan with an iron fist, committing all sorts of atrocities. Uh, they're actually trying to destroy non-Taliban or non-extremist uh, representations. Look at what ISIS did. Taliban and ISIS aren't that far apart, even though they were enemies. The other problem is that this meeting and any agreement that would have come from this meeting uh, would give a terrorist organization validity. And it's not unlike what uh, President Obama did with Iran. It's just, no, these are these are not good people. You can't deal with them. And this could really hurt a guy in Ashraf Ghani, who's the president of Afghanistan, the legitimate president of Afghanistan, who's trying to rule, who's trying to get that country on its face. 
Now, I understand why Trump is doing it. I completely get why Trump's doing it. He's doing it because um, he thinks that he can sit there and he can sweet talk anybody into peace. He's tried to do it with Putin. He's tried to do it with uh, uh, Yi over in um, China. I, I think that's his name. And he's trying to do it with Kim over in North Korea. Of course, he hasn't been completely successful with any of them. Russia, he had to put more um, economic sanctions on him. China, he's in a trade war. And Kim, he's put more economic sanctions and, and basically isn't even talking to him anymore. Just let the guy choke off. So it's not like he doesn't know how to use his strength. But with the Taliban, that is a group that is so far out there, I do not think. I, I, I cannot even imagine, I cannot even support him actually having any kind of meetings for him. And apparently I'm not the only one. John Bolton, and there seems to be some confusion of this, John Bolton was either A, fired, or B, he resigned. Bolton says he resigned, though I don't buy that because he said he was completely taken by surprise, or B, Trump fired him. I think this was probably a huge mistake. Bolton you don't have to agree. Trump doesn't have to agree. Trump, contrary to what the media says, they think Trump is a warmonger. He's not. He's completely the opposite. He doesn't want war. Obama was involved in more military operations than Trump's ever been. And Trump is trying to clear out Afghanistan. He wants peace in Afghanistan. Okay, that's great. But we, again, we don't want another ISIS coming about in Afghanistan either. So you have to be careful with this. John Bolton is a war hawk. He's a very, he'd be considered a neocon, which is basically almost an imperialist where we force our ideals onto them. That's another podcast when we talk about the different types of conservatives and the different types of liberals. We'll get to that. But, but you need a guy like that. You need a guy with an opposing view, especially a man who is is as intellectual as John Bolton. Well, John Bolton and Donald Trump, John Bolton a war hawk, um, Donald Trump a peace guy, they butted heads, and finally Trump said had enough. I know John Bolton said he resigned. I doubt that highly. I think John Bolton was probably fired. But I also think that it's a big mistake for Donald Trump to let John Bolton go because John Bolton's experience and his intellect is something that I believe Donald Trump needs. So, and I, I'm not happy about it. And I, I wish that uh, Donald Trump would have thought a little better of this before he had actually done it. I have a feeling what happened was John Bolton, and I know this is, a fact I know that John Bolton didn't believe in meeting with the Taliban and I totally understand his position but I think Donald Trump has to let his ego drop his ego a little bit and start listening to other voices out there those other voices sometimes are right but Trump's ego is so huge. If Trump loses the 2020 election it's not going to be because of the economy it's not going to be because of his foreign policy it's not going to be because he slept with a stripper. 
it's going to be because he cannot let his ego go. Even his words, even his crappy words sometimes can be really ignored. What is going to kill Trump is Trump. Trump needs to just stop being so egotistical and just do what he's doing. Let the Democrats be crazy. He should win this next election, hands down, simply because the Democrats are going crazy. But he just does his own thing. We'll see how that whole thing goes. You know, here's the other topic of the day, and it has to do with does politics have to be involved in absolutely everything? A lot of the times in these podcasts, I'm going to try and separate news from politics and maybe just have conversations about things. The Huffington Post reported that Pierce Brosnan, who was actually uh, a James Bond for about 10 years, finally decided that, you know what, James Bond needs to be a woman. Uh, quote, this is what he said, quote, I think we've watched the guys do it for the last 40 years. Get out of the way, guys, and put a woman up there. I think it would be exhilarating. It would be exciting. Yeah, no, it wouldn't. I don't know why we can't just leave our cultural icons alone. Why do we need a gay couple in a Disney cartoon? They've been doing cartoons for decades and no one's cared before. Why do we need a gay couple in a Star Wars film? Sexuality, sexuality has never been an issue in Star Wars films before. Why does Captain America and Ghostbusters have to be remade with an all-female cast? Why do DC and Marvel feel the need to add gay characters? Isn't asexuality the, in superhero, of superheroes what gives them their invulnerability to time and eliminates the flaws of humanity as described by Umberto Eco in his article, The Myth of Superman? Superheroes aren't supposed to be sexual. There's not supposed to be, I'm gay, I'm straight, or I'm even having sex. It's what keeps them, it's what keeps them beyond humanity. It's what makes it believable that Superman could be around for 200 years. It's what makes it believable that James Bond has is technically 160 years right now. Why can't these people just keep politics out of art completely? Because you're not going to change anyone's minds. You're just going to stop people from watching your movies. If you want a female James Bond or a James Bond-like uh, character, that's fine then make an offshoot of James Bond and make a female character. Here's a newsflash. James Bond had tons of very powerful women in the stories over the last 40 years. There is absolutely no reason. Sorry about that, folks. There is absolutely no reason to sit there and say, well, we don't have a James Bond, this, this picture. Let's have a Jane Bond. We need to stop doing this. It's just so dumb. I mean, the Ghostbusters thing, the Ocean's Eleven thing where they replaced the male cast with the female cast. Guess what? It didn't work. Hey, a lot of women want to see the male cast in those two movies. Well, the movies suck too. I just don't understand the purpose. Why do this? It doesn't make any sense. I mean, Star Wars? 
Nobody had sex in Star Wars. Until this, I mean, literally, the last movie was the last time we knew that, or the first movie in the, um, in the Ray era, whatever they're calling it now, was the first time that there was even a conception that somebody, that Leia and Han Solo had sex and had a baby. That was the first time. It's been 40, 50 years since the original Star Wars films. I really think we need to stop doing this because I don't see the point of mixing culture with politics all the time. Yes, there's, there's times where culture and politics mix. Movies shouldn't be that time. And all it's going to do is turn people off. Okay, well, uh, the next story is an old one, but a, a classic one. So let's talk about gun control again. With the onset of several mass shootings this year, uh, there have been, there's been a real push for some sort of gun control or something. Not even necessarily gun control. Um, that would limit those that may have mental problems so that they can't get a gun or they can't own a gun. Um, even Donald Trump, who is a strong support, excuse me, a strong support of the Second Amendment, is open to some sort of out-of-the-box solution for monitoring those with mental health problems. Now, he's come up with something, and again, this has been met with a lot of criticism from both sides of the aisle. And I've read it, and I'm critical of it too. Uh, and it, it involves... Uh, the proposal, you can actually read the proposal, the entire proposal. It's only three pages. Uh, on my website, go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com, the show notes, and you can actually read them. But the proposal is this. Basically, it is a voluntary program that will be run by a commission that is created by the president. And that commission will run a program that allows people with mental disabilities, they, they've got mental issues, to be monitored by the government. And by the way, this is a study more than anything else. Um, technology will be allowed to be used to actually monitor what these people do. And the idea with this is to come up with a plan to actually understand how the mentally ill actually work. Now, a lot of the liberals, the left, is basically saying this really isn't doing anything. And I think, yeah, you're right. You're basically opening another study. Again, I like where it's targeting, and I'll get to that in a second. And the right says this can be kind of stick scary because, yes, you're voluntarily, the, the mentally ill, A, voluntarily, are giving their information and letting themselves be monitored. But then again, those who volunteer to be monitored typically are not shooters. They're not concentrating on something like that. It would depend on the study, of course, because the study may say, no, we're just monitoring the mentally ill so we can create a plan and figure out how we're going to do It could be either way. Both sides of the argument are absolutely correct. 
Right now, the left is really pushing something called a red flag law. And I, I won't lie. I actually thought red flag laws might be okay. Basically, what a red flag law is, when I learned what it is, <coughs> it is a law that would allow someone to identify to the authorities someone who may not be completely stable. At that point, welfare checks can be made on that individual. If that individual is found by initial, basically initial observation that he or she may be unstable, all guns can be removed and a uh, red flag can be placed on that individual that will stop them from buying another gun. Once that's done, then uh, you that individual will have to go through some sort of due process to actually retrieve guns. A lot of libertarians are saying, you know, this is not a terrible plan. Conservatives, of course, are saying, no, this is a god-awful plan. And it, me being kind of in between conservative and libertarian thinks, okay, let's talk here. But see, that's the whole problem. There is a ton of slippery slopes with red flag laws. One, who determines this individual's got a mental problem and shouldn't own a gun? If my neighbor is ticked off at me, can they sit there and say this guy's got a mental problem and then I have my guns taken away based off whatever observations they make? Because observations, let's, let's be honest, that crap is perception is reality is not true. Observations are not reality. Observations are subjective. It's the opinion of the person. So if a cop walks into my place and he has probably already made a determination before he even met me that I'm crazy, what makes, what, how is that okay to take my guns away? And then suddenly I have no protection. And who's to say that person over there doesn't want to shoot me? That could be a little more extreme, but I'm just saying. And exactly what kind of due process is going on here? Right now, the individual who has the gun is guilty before innocent. Now, that's a double-edged sword there. Because will this plan actually stop mass shootings? Yeah, it'll stop a mass shooting eventually. Eventually, you go to 10 houses, 100 houses... You might find one guy who is actually thinking of shooting 50 people. But that doesn't... What about the other 99? Don't forget, freedom is not free. The Second Amendment is there. It, that means bad people will do bad things. So, right off the bat, the Second Amendment is not is not going to actually how how do i put this bad people will do bad things even if it means breaking the law that idiot over in in chicago where they they've got 100 shootings every week sat back and was blaming well these people are not buying guns in chicago they're buying guns in indiana well yeah those people are all breaking the law if that's the actual case. Of course, she has no evidence of that. 
she said, uh, 40% of guns are bought in Indiana. Okay, that means 60% of the guns are bought in Chicago. Illegally. Because Chicago has some of the strictest gun laws in the country. That means criminals will always have guns. If they want to do something, they're going to do it. They don't really care what the law is. You see the problem here? Don't take away my gun. I haven't killed anyone. I haven't shot anyone. I haven't shot my gun. I'm not even sure I have bullets in my gun. Okay, I have bullets. Don't don't come try breaking my place and shoot me because I think that a man is a man and a woman is a woman. But my point being is these red flag laws are really kind of loosey-goosey with who can have a gun and who can't. And due process seems backwards here. You're guilty before innocent until you prove your innocence. That doesn't seem completely legitimate. It's kind of like when the Salem witch trials happened. These women were witches until they can prove they're witches. And usually it meant they had to have a rock on their chest and they couldn't just float to the surface. So if they died, they weren't a witch. If they lived, they were a witch. I, do you see the problem here? We can't be loosey-goosey with procedure or due process. That's where red law red flag laws actually fail. And before, I used to say, I used to have kind of a soft spot in my heart for red flag laws. I do not anymore. I think they're a bad idea because I think it's way too much perception and not uh, way too much perception, way too much subjective opinion and not enough objective proof. And if I get shot in a mass shooting, that's fine. I died for to keep this Second Amendment right so that I could have a gun to protect myself against those crazies out there. Well, anyway, the Huffington Post released an article, and it's uh, Huffington Post wasn't the only one. It's the one I actually took. That actually proves that the second that the red flag laws would never work. San Francisco City Council decided to deem the National Rifle Association, or NRA, a domestic terrorist group. Now, one of the things we need to really conceive of, no mass shooter has been identified as an NRA member. None. No mass shooter. I'll repeat that. No mass shooter has been identified as an NRA member. Period. End of story. These people were sick. They had mental problems. They were pissed off at something. And they started shooting. But none of them paid the NRA for the right for the Second Amendment Second Amendment, and decided to go out and start shooting people. Adam Lanza was not an NRA member. The character in El Paso, the character in Dayton, I think it was Dayton, not NRA members. But the city of San Francisco has decided to declare them, declare the NRA a terrorist organization, domestic terrorist organization. So, and they're, they're encouraging, they're encouraging the federal government to also deem them a domestic terrorist organization. 
So here's the question. Here's the question. When you have extreme radicals in a city that deem law-abiding citizens who belong to a group who believe in the Constitution of the United States as domestic terrorists, are you going to trust those city officials to have the law-abiding citizens' rights in mind when they've been flagged? How about, can you trust in San Francisco that if I have a gun and red law red flag law legislation is passed, that they just won't come after anybody who has a gun? There are people who are conservative in San Francisco. Hey. They, there are guns in San Francisco. It's legal in San Francisco. Here's your problem with red flag laws. It'll be cities like San Francisco, Los Angeles, Chicago, Boston, where it has the highest crime and the strictest gun legislation that will be the first to deem anybody who has a gun as dangerous. And without any due process, they'll take those guns away. And I guarantee you, even if due process works out for that individual, those guns are gone. So I've got a real problem with red flag laws. Now, I understand what Trump is doing. I'm What the Trump administration is actually trying to do. I don't necessarily think it's going to work, but he's on the right path. And the right path is to find the people with the mental problems. You know, we, we talked about this in an earlier podcast where, you know, it's not about the individual. It's not about the guns. The guns are not killing anyone. I have several guns. I haven't shot anybody. I have no desire to shoot anybody. I have no desire to commit suicide, which means I'm never going to be a gun violence statistic unless somebody shoots me. But I do protect myself. And I believe in the right to protect myself. Stay away. Concentrate on the mentally ill and do something about that. But that just leads us to our next story. I mean, beautifully. What in the hell is California doing? I mean, these idiots that are running our state, and I live in California. I've lived in California for 30 years, 40 years. I love California. I'll never leave California. I thought I would once, but I was wrong. I'm probably going to stay. I'm going to fight. I'm going to do whatever I can. I'm going to wait out California because the left is destroying California. And if you live in California and you're listening to this, you already know that. High taxes, high crime, high drugs, homeless, everything is terrible. But California does nothing about it. But they do worry about some things. We do. We have banned straws. We've banned plastic bags. We now call manholes, people holes, because we want to keep it diverse. Uh, we'll call felons justice-involved individuals because we don't want the felon to feel like he's not important or he's less of a human being, even though most felons are, depending on what they've actually done. Our gas prices are $2 higher than any state 
because we got to worry about the global warming process or climate change or whatever they're calling it these days. And we've declared the NRA a terror group. But meanwhile, we seem... Well, no, hold on. Do you notice we just kind of seem to ignore the important things in California? We're worried about climate change. We're worried about how people will feel if they're called felons. We're worried, we're worried about how women will be triggered when they walk past a steel circular thing on the floor and they know it's a manhole. Okay? But we don't seem to acknowledge anything that's right, like right in front of us at the time. Like the homeless problem. The drug problem. And the diseases that seem to be springing up because of it. We already have bouts of typhus and hepatitis to deal with. Downtown San Diego, which is a conservative city, had a typhus outbreak. They a typhus and hepatitis outbreak. They actually had to uh, they actually had to spray stuff that would kill the disease on the streets and the sidewalks. I have actually seen a woman pushing a stroller with her boyfriend, pull her pants down, and piss in the corner of a store. This is happening. Well, guess what? California might have another problem. Not just typhus, not just hepatitis, but a disease that hasn't uh, lifted its uh, ugly head in 200 years in first world countries. And that's leprosy. That's right. This is a disease that is only in the worst countries in the world and has not seen modern civilization in hundreds of years. According to Dr. Drew Pinsky, we are very close to the plague, the bubonic plague, the Black Death. The disease that wiped out 25% of the population of Europe in the 1500s, 1400s. He says, we're very close to it, if we already don't have it. Listen to Drew Pinsky, because I'm not a doctor, and I think uh, he probably is going to say it better than anyone in the world can. It is October 9, 2018. We're in the middle of a murine typhus outbreak, which I predicted. Murine typhus outbreak is going to be eight to ten times worse than this, number one. You are next going to hear about something called epidemic typhus, which we've not seen in this country since the Civil War. It's going to be, it's a lice-borne rickettsia. It's next. You may, within the next year, it's a 60% probability you're going to hear the word plague. And once that word is finally used, because we have a little outbreak, people will panic, they will clear the streets, but they will also start killing um, wild animals in an attempt to control it. It's going to be a big panic when they should be doing something right now, but they won't. They'll wait till the panic. Thanks, Drew. So, good job, California. Way to keep, way to keep focused on the ball. Thank God we can't suck a, a Coca or Coca-Cola through straws. But at least we'll get bubonic plague. Just absolutely just disgusting. And I don't know how people keep voting for these people. And um, this one is 
pretty freaking insane. Do you know how I determine that a story is insane? I actually look it up because I think to myself, you know what, this, there's no way this story is true. I question stories I read, especially I look at the sources I read. So I figure, okay, this, this cannot be a legitimate story. And then you look it up and sure enough, there are 50 different articles about it. And this one is absolutely crazy. A professor named Magnus Soderlund, he's from Sweden, of course. He's an economics pers uh, professor from the Stockholm School of Economics. He said in a conference last week that there was one way that we could co combat climate change, and that was through cannibalism. Yep, no kidding. Now he did, you have any questions about that, go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. It's there. You can read it. Now, he didn't mean we should actually go out and kill people and eat them. Not that. Not yet, anyway. Uh, he meant we should eat dead people. Because that sounds healthy. Uh, he said conservative taboo. He said conservative. Mind you, conservative, and we'll put that in quotes, taboos against cannibalism can change over time if people simply tried eating human flesh. Okay, sounds good to me. Then we could just kill all the cows and their farts and not pollute the air. Okay, I made that up uh, because the article didn't exactly say how eating people was going to solved the environment. All he said was, is we have an innumerable amount of food source based off the fact that people die every day. There are so many people out there. When asked if he would eat human flesh, he said, quote, I feel somewhat hesitant, but not to appear overly conservative. That's the second time he used that in the article. Because you don't want to be a conservative. Conservatives are bad. I'd have to say I'd be open to at least tasting it. Well, if I had any liberal in me before, it's all gone now. Because um, I'm pretty closed off the fact of eating a dead person. That's okay. I'm closed off to eating cats, rats, dogs. I'm close off to eating a lot of flesh of animals that I, I just have no... I don't want to eat a lion. I don't want to eat a condor. So, I mean, I'm pretty close. I guess I'm not a liberal. I guess every bit of liber, liberal from my libertarian is gone. Well, if I had... But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, this obviously is an economics professor, not a medical doctor. Apparently, there's a protein in human flesh that can kill you. There's a tribe in Papua New Guinea who actually stopped eating human flesh because a disease was killing their tribe. The disease was called Kuru. It's also known as the Laughing Death. Apparently, it comes from eating brains infected brains much the same much in the same as like mad cow disease is they stopped eating human flesh back in the 1960s 
what really disturbs me is these guys actually had a conference about this and they were seriously talking about this. Maybe Professor SJW should talk to really educated people before he comes up with something insane like this and then Antifa starts killing our people on the street and eating them to save the frickin' environment. Ugh. What a news cycle. And I got something better for you tomorrow. Uh, I hope you enjoyed tonight. You can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. Visit the show notes at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I also have a bunch of blog entries. Uh, you can listen to or download this podcast on iTunes or um, the Apple Podcasts, uh, Podbean, Podcast Addict, or uh, YouTube. I hope you have a great night, and you've listened to Gene, and this is Dumbasses Talking Politics. Talking Politics.